another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steppe. I'm joined by the one and only Mike Loss to talk about what's been an interesting week and an interesting last 48 hours. Wait a minute. Did you say Hawkeye football supporter? Reporter. Oh, okay. Big difference. At least for me, yeah, it's a big yeah, difference. Yeah. Uh, here at the Gazette, or re- it's a reporter. Yes. <laughs> okay, it may be supporter somewhere else. Glad we're making this clear here. Okay, proceed. High football reporter. So an interesting last 48 hours or so for Iowa after gaining Cade McNamara in the portal, losing Keegan Johnson, losing Arlen Bruce. Of course, earlier in the week, losing Alex Padilla, but I don't think too many people are thinking about that now that they have McNamara. So my kind of quick impression from this is it's an important first piece of the puzzle here for Iowa, but it's not the only piece of the puzzle that they need to get this offense back on track. No, well, obviously it won't be or can't be. I mean, you don't have a receiving core. Your offensive line needs a lot of work. Uh, There better be more to come. (laughs) But, but yes, I mean, it's clearly the most important thing they could have done, and they did it in warp speed, which just, I think, stunned a lot of people even after the rumors were out there that McNamara uh, that was in Iowa sites and vice versa. McNamara pledged them Tuesday, which is, <laughs> I don't know, it's like 10 minutes after he got into the portal, you know. Uh, it's a good get. You're not going to do much better than that. You're not going to do better than that. Uh, if you're Iowa on the open market for quarterbacks, um, it remains to be seen if he's going to live up to what's been a surprising amount of hype, in my opinion. Yeah, he's got a track record. He's also coming off major knee surgery. So you can't expect to see him in spring ball. And this, it's the great unknown. I mean, how does this guy, you know, you don't know how players are going to come back from knee surgeries, but. He had one of the best surgeons in all America for, for that, uh, as far as athletics is concerned. Like, I think he's the surgeon of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, and he says he's going to be back. So I'm, that's great. The thing is, John, uh, I, I know somebody who's very close to the Michigan program and has nothing but wonderful things to say about McNamara as a person and a player. And you saw it these last 24 hours. And since McNamara announced he was transferring, glowing words from his former teammates and coaches. You don't always get that when players transfer, but not a bad word was said about him, and it was just the opposite. He's been given a lot of credit for the revival of that program these last two years, last year as a player and this year just being part of it. Uh, so, I, uh, you know, I, if I don't see anything not to like about this if I'm Iowa, as long as he comes back to a semblance of good health. And I think it's important for people to kind of keep in mind with these expectations. This is not CJ Stroud here, but still probably about as good of a get as you could get in the transfer portal this year. And especially for a program like Iowa, where the question was out there in terms of, okay, who's going to want to commit to this offense? Well, it certainly helps with Cade McNamara when he makes that commitment, especially looking ahead as they now try to get other pieces for this offense that you have that big vote of confidence from him. Sure. 
but but something else is there has to be more to this than what we've already heard. I mean, I, I can't imagine that McNamara would have been highly sought after nationally again, would just go into Iowa blindly without some assurances that we're not going to leave you hung out to dry like we did our quarterback this past year who Iowa quarterbacks got sacked, what was it, 27 times? 37 times, I'm sorry, which was, you know, the third worst in the Big Ten. And it's just a terrible number for a 12-game season. Uh, also, you've got a depleted receiving core that w wasn't very deep to begin with. I can't imagine that they would have told McNamara, we're just going to go with the guys we've got. So it's going to be very interesting to see who follows in. And it's going to be interesting to see what kind of changes they're going to make schematically because the kind of scheme they've been running and have been running since Moses and Abraham roamed the earth were it's 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 not working this is this really should be step one in a, a series of changes I'm curious to see what it's going to be yeah and we've heard the talk about changes in the offseason before and it hasn't really happened so much certainly not to the extent that fans would like to see it but you wonder as you were saying now that you get McNamara maybe there's something they're telling him that was enough to sell him on it being maybe actually different this time or it could be the same old where we hear that there's gonna be changes and McNamara is hearing that there's gonna be changes and then it's not that much different we're all guessing at this point I've got to think that Iowa at the very least has a passing game coordinator next season and that would have to be somebody who's not in the program now obviously I mean there there could be changes great to come Maybe not. I don't know. But the, the thing is, it's the, the narrative has changed. You went from people who were pretty sour on the, the way the season ended and the, the offense in general to, well, they did something about it. So uh, there's reason for optimism. And now it's how far will this go? The bowl game is basically, it already was irrelevant, but now it takes a backseat to the off-field news. I don't think anybody's going to get too worked up about that. I'm sure you were planning to talk about that soon, but it's the off-field stuff. Uh, the, the bowl game is of no significance. And especially when you think about with these transfers, there aren't going to be many people available, particularly on offense, for it. If Now, we don't know the latest yet on Spencer Peters' health. We'll probably find more about that on Sunday, next time we get to hear from Kirk Ferentz. But if he's not available... Okay, you've got Joe Labus and Carson May at quarterback as your options there. Either way, your options at wide receiver in terms of scholarship guys, you have Nico Ragaini, you've got Deontay Vines, you've got Brody Brecht, and you've got Jacob Bostic as mm -hmm. your four scholarship options. And really have not seen much of Bostic much. So your options are going to be kind of limited in that game. And the flip side of the coin is, depending on who the matchup is, we'll find this out on Sunday. There's a good chance that whoever else they're playing is also going to have a limited matchup or a limited roster for that matchup. I'd say kind of buckle your seatbelts because it could be an interesting next few weeks before between now and when that bowl game actually happens as this transfer portal window officially opens. Yeah, it's interesting to me. Uh, I mean, you're talking about Labus and May in the bowl game. Well, 
what do they think now that somebody's coming in to be the guy for one year for sure and quite possibly for two years? You know, do they say, okay, I'm willing to just bide my time another two years? Or do they hit the bricks? And or do they see the bowl game as a chance to put some game on film and then get out? I don't know. What I do know is that there are a lot of wide receivers in the portal, and there will be a lot more. I mean, the number already is huge. Kentucky has five receivers in the transfer portal. Alabama's got a couple. Uh, the SEC's got a lot of them. It isn't as if there isn't a buyer's market, but are they going to come here? I, you know, maybe, maybe. But if uh, you're saying, look at the last two years, all the receivers that left, why'd they leave? Those are questions that they've, those uh, free agent receivers have to ask themselves. And the Charlie Jones factor really hammers this home. Charlie Jones, who had uh, about 50% more receiving yardage than all of Iowa's wide receivers combined this season. He had 12 touchdown catches. Iowa's wide receivers had two. And he's playing in the Big Ten title game. The thing you heard some fans saying back in the summer and September and October is, yeah, he'll get his catches, but eh, he's not going to play on the big stage. Well, he's on the big stage tomorrow night. Iowa is not, should have been, is not. So what that does is it, it tells Iowa, you got to change your ways. You have to, or you're not going to be able to sell this to other wide receivers. And uh, so we'll, we'll, we're not going to see what it is that they're going to do right away. But if they do get a couple of receivers, I suspect it's because they've told them things that are not the kind of things that they've been doing the last several years. And to that point of the wide receiver market, it does help that for a program like Iowa, that's been a little bit musical chairs at times with the portal, where you look at a guy like Deuce Hogan, who enters the portal after being a scholarship guy at Iowa and ends up having to settle for a walk-on role at Kentucky. So that helps. But at the same time, are you going to, you can bring in people, are you going to bring them in at the level of Keegan Johnson or Arlen Bruce? We'll see. Those were two really talented wide receivers and you think of the Charlie Jones example, Keegan Johnson for sure, and you could probably say Arlen Bruce as well, had better 2021 seasons at wide receiver than Charlie Jones did. Sure. So it's not hard to extrapolate there of, okay, if Charlie Jones did this from 2021 to 2022, okay, what could a Keegan Johnson do potentially considering just the speed and the talent that he has. So we'll yeah, see though. I mean, people were in love with Keegan Johnson last year. Yeah. And understandably, he averaged almost 20 yards per catch. You don't get that from very many Iowa wide receivers. It's a loss. It's a loss. Uh, now, but it happened. This is also part of the uh, framework of college football. Now you're going to lose good players. Everybody's losing good players these days but man when you get a skilled position player like that with that kind of upside really hurts really hurts to lose them 
when, when Jones left, they knew that he was the all-conference kick returner, and that's a big loss. The kick returning this year was, I'd say, not horrible, but ordinary, mm-hmm. except for Gene got the ball in the second half of the season. But as a receiver, people here weren't broken up about Charlie Jones leaving until the first game Purdue played. And then it's like, wait a minute, he has skills. You know, this was a guy who was a non-factor in the Big Ten championship game and, you know, not much of a factor at receiver all last year. So it's like, what is going on? Uh, How does Charlie Jones go from last year to all Big Ten at receiver? I don't think we needed much of an explanation for that. Anybody who saw the games can tell you. Exactly. And now it's up to Iowa to avoid repeating on that same course this year. And having McNamara is one step of that, but a lot more work to be done in the next, well, the transfer portal period starts Monday and that'll be 45 days. And then in spring practices and ultimately in the 10 months ahead of the 2023 season opener. The upside for Iowa is that Bruce and Johnson made those announcements quickly, smart on their part. They get to start sorting out offers now, and it's good for Iowa in that, obviously, it clarifies what they have ahead. Although, what happens is these teams aren't caught by surprise by this stuff very often. Iowa knew what was coming with these two. They're never going to share it with the world, but but they did. So this isn't something that just struck them in the last 48 hours. Uh, the question is how well they execute the replacements. Well the said. Replacing. They're not going to execute the replacements. <laughs> Otherwise, so we're living in a lawless nation and college football means nothing. <laughs> well, Mike, thanks for joining me. Yeah. And thanks to our listeners. Hey, for- how about that bowl game? Yeah. You know, we'll find out on Sunday. Yeah, it'll be a great one. And thanks for tuning into another episode of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. Until next time, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.